Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Hi, welcome to the inaugural episode of Building the Cooperative Classroom. Woo! Uh, my- Woo woo indeed. Uh, my name is Adam Rubicek. I'm an assistant principal for instruction at York High School in Elmhurst, Illinois. And I'm joined by my two distinguished colleagues. First, we've got Derek. Thank you. Thank you. Department Chair, Science at uh, Maine West High School. And we've got Aaron. Oh, muchas gracias, señores. Oh, this is the English language podcast. Um, I'm Aaron Fleming, and I am a Spanish teacher and instructional coach also at Maine West High School. I believe you'll be asked to translate this. And I could do that. Yeah, well, when we're, we're simulcasting in Spanish, so I know, I know it can be confusing. Um, so what we want to do with the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast is, uh, over the course of a series of episodes, talk you through the basics of what cooperative learning is, how it works. And as we go on, I think we'll start bringing in some guests. We'll get into some of the research and um, some strategies that you can use in your classroom. So we're planning on coming to you once a week in in some short snippets to really get at uh, the nuts and bolts of what cooperative learning is and why it's relevant for your classroom and why it's it's a necessity for working with your students. I think uh, to get started, the first thing we want to do is really define what is cooperative learning? And uh, Aaron's got some ideas on that one, right? I sure do. Thanks, Adam. So cooperative learning, um, I think, you know, we need to kind of zoom the lens back out and we need to think of three different learning situations that, uh, you know, that we can have with our students, in, you know, at any given point in time. And uh, the first one I want to talk about, um, you might think, why is he going to talk about individual learning during a cooperative podcast? But lots of times we have kids just learn on their own, right? We're, they're in this alone. They, they take on that attitude of, you know, I sink and maybe you swim, you know, or, you know, I swim and you sink. It, you know, I'm just in this for myself. And uh, that's the traditional model. Um, we could also have students working competitively. I don't really care about your success. I only care about my own. So, I mean, really, it's, uh, I'm going to swim and, you know, I really don't care if you swim as well, but, you know, I don't care if you sink either. So uh, what we really want to do is, you know, we do want to use individual learning and we can use competition sometimes in the right way. We'll get to that in a later episode. But what we really want is we want that cooperative mindset for our students where uh, students really say we sink or swim together, that uh, I'm going to care um, as a student, I'm going to care about my group members learning as much as I care about my own. And, and I think that's it's an important distinction in that when we when we talk about cooperative learning, I think a lot of times we think, OK, that's group work. That's having students do particular things in a particular way. But really, it's more of a philosophical mindset that we want our students to have that intrinsic motivation to work together, that we care about the the social, emotional, and the academic success of, of, of our peers. So. And, and I think all of us would agree, too, that it is really um, incumbent. The, the more you learn about cooperative learning, the more you would, um, it's incumbent upon all of us to really, like, figure out how best to, to build and what the teacher's role is in building that classroom. Because as Adam, as Adam just said, it's, it's more than just putting a bunch of kids together and saying, get to work or, and, and, and all of us have been part of a group 
where that's been awesome and and we've all been part of a group where that's been horrendous so what we're going to talk about is what makes it awesome you know it it really requires a lot more than just letting kids go um it, there's a lot of teacher influence in that and a lot of teacher decisions that need to be made um for your community of learners i love that derek <clears throat> community of learners and you also mentioned the word build and just uh what both of you said, when you do this the right way, when you incorporate the things that you need to structurally, we can really build a community of learners that is uh, just one where kids care for each other. It's amazing stuff. And Derek, I know you want to talk a little bit about uh, the history of cooperative learning. You know, this, this is not a new phenomenon. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit as we get into the essential elements of the, I'll say, philosophical basis for cooperative learning. But cooperative learning, is, as we're talking about it, the Johnson & Johnson model, um, what, what's kind of the, the, the background of that? Yeah, so cooperative learning has been around for a long time. People have been studying it for over 100 years. Um, John Dewey, Piaget, Vygotsky um, all kind of started talking about that in the early 1900s. Um, and then we get into the 60s uh, with Morton Deutsch, and we'll have more on him later on. And um, he has a young student by the name of David Johnson, who really takes to um, trying to figure out what makes teams, what makes people successful. And so uh, David Johnson, along with his brother, Roger Johnson, um, start really researching this in the 70s and start going on speaking engagements in the 70s and 80s and really start to talk about like, what does what does it mean to be a part of a community of learners and why is it valuable? And so they have published so many papers on the topic um, along with uh, a bunch of different colleagues over the years. And there's just a mountains of research that says that not only does this appeal to um, making people feel better about themselves and about their, their fellow students, fellow peers, um, but it also improves academic achievement. And so, and that's what we're about. We're about the ultimate goal of, of helping kids learn and how, how to help them ultimately become more independent learners. We, we, we tend to kind of, I feel like there's this tendency to be, okay, this individualistic, you know, like Aaron was talking about, uh, versus competitive versus cooperative. But what we're really trying to do is build independent learners but that doesn't mean that they're always learning by themselves. That means that they start a book club and they, they can do that when they get older and or they, they go out as, as a bird watch. We came in, um, the three of us, uh, back in the early 2000s. Now we're dating ourselves here. Um, early to mid 2000s, we start working uh, with the Johnsons on help get, you know, bending their ear and getting as much knowledge as we can from David and Roger. Um, Adam and I had gone there so many times that we'd taken all the classes and they were like, you should help us run these things and help us with this. And so we, we started doing that. And, um, you know, we're, we're just really committed to, to the work, committed to helping um, teachers help their students become better learners. An important point is that we all came to this organically. Um, for me personally, you know, I had this picture in my head when I started teaching of what I wanted my classroom to be like, and it didn't take very long to realize that it wasn't like that. Every boring teacher that I had growing up, I was replicating all of those things. I wanted, I don't know if I had a picture of like head of the class, any TV, you know, sitcom from the eighties where there's kids in school that all these kids are having fun in class and the teacher's inspiring and, and, the, and they're, and they're goofing around, but they're still learning something. I'm like, yeah, I could do science class like that. And I'm up there talking about, you know, chlorophyll. Um, 
And so more like Borafil. More like Borafil. Trying trying to grasp on anything to find a way to engage students. And you know, if we want to bring it back to, to the Danielson rubric and into professional evaluation, cooperative learning is all over that thing, but especially in 3C. How do we get students to you know own that material, own those skills, and own that content? Um, and they do it through the teacher building a, an environment in which they can uh, sort of push each other and learn from each other. Aaron, you want to talk through your journey a little bit? Just a short. Sure. I'm still trying to understand that science joke that you guys had a minute ago. But um, my my journey has been, I, I, it's really not not too different than, than Derek and Adam, but it's something that just changed my entire philosophy and outlook and, you know, really, you know, what was important uh, in my classroom. And I remember uh, seeing seeing an old photo. I came across an old photo of me from about 1996 or 1997. Don't judge. So hair. Um, yes, yes. And you know what? It wasn't white. Um, but uh, you know, there I am standing in the front of a classroom with you know rows of kids just staring at me as I'm the center of attention. And it didn't take long for David and Roger Johnson to to really convince me that uh, when students are the center of the classroom and their uh, building of relationships is at the center of of everything that you do, they're just going to take off. You know, it's the, just my, my classroom just instantly felt alive and just buzzed with, it was vibrant. And um, I think it's continued to this day. And uh, I just, I just never looked back. Yeah, And I think to your point too, like I remember when David was coming around to the different rooms and he, he left a post-it for everybody with, with something good, so, you know, something, you know, great that, that was going on in your classroom. And uh, that, that was really neat, but, but really, you know, there were things that I was doing by accident, but not by design or, or maybe, but I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't have the, I didn't have the knowledge base to be able to say, that that's why it works. That's that's why what this works, and that's why this doesn't. And that's what I think cooperative learning has provided me. It's given me the vocabulary. It's given me the the knowledge base. And we've done a hundred, you know, professional developments at some at some point here. And and every time we do them, um, I learn something new from the participants or a new way of thinking about it. And it is really it 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 is really like what you said, like a mindset. It is a mindset shift. Um, but there's a lot to it. And th that's what we're going to be talking about in this is that, you know, we're going to try to give you little snippets of, of what it's like um, to really immerse yourself in the vocabulary, really immerse yourself in like, what, what is my role? If the kids are all doing this, what do, what do I do? And it turns out a lot. The, the idea of cooperation and working together in the classroom is so, is so old and universal um, I think we've seen it in all the trainings that we've done and the work that we've done with the Cooperative Learning Institute that, you know, I've worked with uh, my friends in Sweden. We've had uh, teachers that we've worked with from South America, from Spain, um, from Japan, you know, just pe people all over the world have embraced this. And um, it, it, it doesn't matter sort of language. It doesn't matter culture. There's a, something inherent about, about, you know, people, but, but children especially that want to work together. Um, and so it's up to us as the teachers to capitalize on that, to put everybody on an equitable uh, playing field. And so if we can structure our classrooms in such a way that builds that context, then once we send, the, send them off into the world and they have those experiences, 
we've given them the tools uh, to succeed. Thank you guys for, for uh, doing this with me. Um, we've, you know, just looking at the map of episodes we've got, you know, we've, we've got a couple years worth of content here that, that we can share. And I think uh, some things that people can look forward to, like I said, we're going to talk through the essential elements, talk a little bit about the theory, talk a little bit about um, what that looks like in the classroom and some, some practical uh, ways that you can implement it. But I think we'll also get into some interviews. We'll bring in some guests. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from Roger and David. We're, we're, we're excited to share with you what, what we've learned and what we've been doing. All right, thanks, everybody. Let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.